Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, actually, it's Purple Access because every Thursday we record a Purple Access and some weeks it's Chip Scoggins of the Star Tribune and some weeks it's the birthday boy. Happy birthday, <laughs> Tyler Fornis, Vikings. Thank you. Wire.com, uh, which is also where I write for. It is a great place to find Vikings coverage, other Vikings podcasts. Tyler does absolutely fantastic stuff. And, of course, Declan as well, uh, sponsored by our friends at Quick Trip and also sponsored by our friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. That's right, their Black Friday offer. <laughs> Guess what, folks? It's been extended. Join today and save up to 50%. Look at that guy right there. Looking good, fit and trim, 40 pounds down. That's because of what the folks at Livia did for me. Uh, go to Livia.com or call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. This is a limited time offer. Again, save up to 50%. Uh, Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. Voted Minnesota's best weight loss program three years in a row. Check them out. Okay, birthday boy, let's start with this. I want your thoughts on the Vikings quarterback situation, the decisions to the decision to stick with Josh Dobbs after a week of uh, thinking about it by Kevin O'Connell. And do you agree with it? Agree is su- such an interesting word in this scenario. Let's let's start here. I get it. I get not wanting to make the change. I get understanding well put, that, right. hey, you right. have Dobbs was trying to learn this offense and something that I've been pondering for a while. And I, I bounced it off a couple of people and they agreed. I think the reason why you didn't see a lot of run game implemented into this offense is because Dobbs didn't know it. And you don't want a situation where your entire team is learning a new play when the quarterback doesn't understand the verbiage of the system yet. And I think that's part of the reason why we've only really seen a couple here and there. Now, most of these guys have run RPOs, read options throughout the course of their like career because college has been doing it for about a decade. At the end of the day, though, if the quarterback doesn't know the basic verbiage of the offense and how to call formations and personnel and stuff, why are you going to want to teach him more? and get this offense to a point where they're trying to learn new things when they should just be trying to help the quarterback get into position and get ready to go. Now, 
you have over a month. Um, it'll be about six weeks that Dobbs has been in the building on Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders. So now you have a bigger sample size. Not only do you have a bigger sample size, you have a bye week to understand, hey, what is he doing well? What is he not doing well? And that's where self-scouting occurs. You don't have time to self-scout during the season. You can only do so much. So now you have that deep dive. You have Dobbs getting more time to get comfortable and get uh, ready. And then now you can start implementing some of that run game stuff. And you don't have to do a lot of it. You're not going to run a Lamar Jackson style offense where you're running him 15 times. Five to 10 plays where you're getting him on the move, whether that handing off, a read option, an RPO, a bootleg, just add it. Make it a viable weapon that the defense has to account for. It's not just Josh Dobbs scrambling. It's Josh Dobbs getting creative runs. And you know what? If he stinks on Sunday, I bet they pull the plug. I think that this is a scenario where if he does not perform after the bye week, after being able to really settle in, and you know what? Dobbs deserves a break because he's had one wild season being traded uh, from the Browns to the Cardinals right before the start of the year. And he started all eight games. He was there. And then he comes here and has to play right away. So having that mental break can be really good for him. And we'll see how it goes. Plus Jefferson's back. And that adds another element to this whole conversation. So I don't know if Dobbs is going to be the right choice. I understand the choice. I wouldn't have made the choice. I would have gone with Jaron Hall because I think all three of these quarterbacks are in the same bucket. You can like, if you're rating them on a scale of one to 10, they're all going to come out around five to six for various reasons. Start the guy who has the best ceiling and maybe they just don't think he's ready. And I can respect and understand that, but you're playing with house money the rest of the year. None of this really matters in the, in the broad scheme of things, except for fun and continuing to build that culture. But you have a potential quarterback of the future in Jaron Hall. I'd like to see what he can do, but I, I, I get it from the other end as well. Well, it might be tough to answer, but this is probably like what the first time in a long time that Justin Jefferson's going to have like a scramble first quarterback. He goes back to Kirk uh, with here at the mm-hmm. Vikings. Joe Burrow is obviously very much a mostly a pocket passer too. what type of dynamic does a dual threat or a guy who can get out of the pocket give Justin Jefferson here? Like, do you think they're going to be force feeding JJ a ton? Obviously, he can do a lot of things and getting in the ball is the most important thing. But what do you kind of? want to see here with Justin Jefferson and having a scrambling quarterback for like the first time and probably since high school for him. I I think we need to kind of talk about what Dobbs is. Dobbs is a quarterback that can scramble. He's a pocket passer. And I think that's an important caveat to add to this conversation. He's going to try to beat you from the pocket and he's consistently tried to do that uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Then once the play breaks down, I wish he would scramble a little more efficiently. He he kind of does this thing where he like sets his feet and almost looks like a kid being surrounded by a bunch of school bullies in the parking lot where he's just like, I don't know what to do. And he has that like frantic look for a second. And then he like does that loop around well, that loop around has cost him a couple sacks. And it's, and I want to see him be more efficient and more confident in when he decides to start scrambling. But the whole idea of the scrambling quarterback and an elite wide receiver. And this is where I'm very intrigued Declan because to our knowledge, and I'm going to start here until we see anything, Dobbs and Jefferson have zero chemistry because to our knowledge, they really haven't worked together at all. Maybe a little bit here and there in practice, but how much can you actually build chemistry in a one and a half hour practice three times? It's 
not exactly that simple. So when you're talking about a scrambling quarterback, like one of the reasons Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are so good is they just understood each other. They Adams knew when he saw Rodgers start doing his thing, he knew how to get open, find holes in the zone and be and let Rodgers find him and attack. It was what made them so special. Adams has and Rodgers have other qualities that make them special as football players. But that was what made their dynamic so, so good. Jefferson having that down the line, I think would be phenomenal because he will be able to just understand where to go. And then when you have that chemistry with the quarterback, it can really make defenses like I'm trying to think of the right verbiage, but it can really put defenses in a bind because all of a sudden you're not just covering him for three, four seconds. You have to worry about him sliding behind a a zone and getting wide open. And then all of a sudden it's 40 yards. I don't think that's happening right away. And that's not due to the fault of anything, but time. If Dobbs had an entire off season to work with Jefferson leading up to this game, I think, I think you'd see a lot of those elements, but right now I don't think we can judge anything about the idea of the scrambling quarterback in Justin Jefferson until we see what chemistry can do, because that is when I think you're going to see some of that special element. And that's why I relate it to Adams and Aaron Rodgers. So just from a starting point, I I think the, the potential here, though, that intrigues me, and there, there's a bunch of things I'm intrigued by. Like, I have no idea if, if they're going to work. Um, what intrigues me here is Dobbs does have the ability to buy time with his feet. And so mm-hmm. that goes back to what you're talking about, which can Jefferson keep a, a play alive? Um, Kelsey's an expert, right? Like, he's yeah. an expert at keeping things. So, like, if if Mahomes is scrambling, Kelsey is trying not to find, like, the route he was supposed to run, but a place to sit down and make a catch. So what I'm curious is, can O'Connell and Jefferson and Dobbs, can they find a way to extend plays here? Because, you know, in Kirk's defense, that's just not Kirk's game. If, if Kirk is put into the boots, he's still going to throw where he should throw. Mm-hmm. Dobbs can actually reverse, go backwards, keep and to your point, uh, try and avoid problems as long as possible. So I guess my question is, not, not even just from a chemistry standpoint, but from a standpoint of what Dobbs can do athletically, is that can that benefit Jefferson? Because he probably, I'm sure, does have the instincts to actually make up make up routes on the fly if there's not something there initially. Yeah, he absolutely can. And I think that's going to be a massive benefit for whoever that next quarterback is. And I don't think that it's going to be a prioritized to get a running quarterback. I think it's going to be a priority to get a quarterback that can move. And I, I think when you talk about that element, Judd, I think you look at a guy like Justin Herbert. Herbert is not a running quarterback. He's a quarterback that can run if needed and he can make plays happen outside of structure, but he wants to beat you from the pocket. And I think you can kind of put Matt Stafford in that bucket a little bit. He's not as much of that mobility threat, but he's more than capable of scrambling and creating a little bit. And I think that's the direction this team is going to go. Now there's a lot of talk about a guy like Jaden Daniels, who has a little bit of Lamar Jackson to his game, but is a much more refined passer at this point than Jackson was coming out of college. And I'd say a little less explosive as a runner. If I think O'Connell, and this is complete conjecture, is going to want a guy who can beat you from the pocket, but can still do some of those elements. And I think that's going to help massively, but it's all about being able to attack downfield. And the one thing that I mentioned earlier, and you kind of mentioned Jefferson and being able to kind of create in on the back end, the big thing with that is chemistry. And it's that's what this whole conversation is going to come down to. Jefferson can do it, but there's going to be until we see it, 
there's going to be no Dobbs knows he's going to be there and he's going to be able to throw it right now. Dobbs is anticipating a little bit. He's flashing some of that. And it's, you can see it as he starts to get comfortable, with some concepts, but for the most part, he it's a see it and throw it offense because he is just not confident enough to be able to anticipate completely. And that's completely fine because he's had such a little exposure to this team and this offense in the broad scheme of things. If Kirk was doing the things that Josh does, we'd be crucifying him for it because Kirk has been in this offense for multiple years. He's been in this building since 2018. You should have a better camaraderie with these guys and these plays, but Dobbs doesn't. And that may, that means something. So while guys like Travis Kelsey are masters at being able to go out and maneuver and find holes in the zone, Mahomes is going to feel confident throwing it because he has an understanding of how, right. how Kelsey's going to react. Dobbs doesn't, and that's okay. But I think we need to kind of temper the brakes a little bit on that until we can really see how things are going to grow and evolve with these two. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Bueno, why don't you think Jaron Hall gets more of the benefit of the doubt here uh, to get more of the starting quarterback reps or the decision to be the starting quarterback, I really should say. Obviously, Dobbs and Mullins seemed like one and two, and I know they started Hall mostly out of necessity against Atlanta because of the injuries uh, to both Kirk Cousins and then Nick Mullins. Why do you think Josh Dobbs' name wasn't considered more to be the starting quarterback here, especially with uh, with the last five games of the season here and getting a good look-see at him before you make that decision? Why? Why do you think Josh? Uh, why do you think Josh Dobbs got it more than Jaron Hall? I think they think they can win more uh, easier with Dobbs than they can with Hall. I think you can look at things and see. Okay, Dobbs almost has 16 games of starting experience under his belt. He's a dual threat. He's really intelligent, and he, he was able to do a lot for this offense on the fly. Hall is a rookie in the National Football League. Is a fifth round pick. We saw flashes, and the second he got that concussion, my biggest fear outside of his health was, this is it for Hall. He's never going to get another chance. And I really thought if he got that full game, he would have been able to show that he could be the guy the rest of the year. But sometimes you just don't have those opportunities. And when you have them, you can't let them like escape from you. And it was taken away from him by that concussion. And I, it sucks. It really sucks, and especially sucks for me because of how much I like Jaron Hall. But coaches aren't necessarily trying to look at development. Now, they they always are. They're always trying to develop their people. But their number one job is to win. And like when we talk about like Brian Flores with the whole um, tanking uh, deal, and he's assuming the National Football League, he w- the hypothesis of the case was that owner Stephen Ross was willing to pay him an extra hundred grand for each loss. And he tried to win players and coaches try to win front offices will tank. Like right. it, it is a coach's job to win football games. And I can easily see a path where O'Connell really believes that Dobbs is the best option to win right now. Is it best for the future of the team to start Dobbs? When you think Hulk could potentially be that guy, you can make that argument. And I think there's some validity to it, 
But I, I completely understand. And to a point, I agree that Dobbs right now, if you want to win on Sunday, is your best bet. I, I group them all in the same bucket, so I'd rather gamble on the future. But I'm also not being paid millions of dollars to make these decisions, and my ass isn't on the line <laughs> for any wins or losses that come from them. Yep, and you, you also don't have to walk into a locker room filled with guys who you told we're not tanking we're going to continue to you know i'm going to convince you right now that that at one of four the season's not lost and then to say but we're going to take a look at hall now the other thing too uh that that we all know is this kevin o'connell and this entire offensive coaching staff has seen jaron hall every single day right Mm -hmm. development and practices we got to look at two series and 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 two series in fairness where he doesn't start, like Nick Mullins would have started. They yeah. literally were down to, we're either going to start the guy that we got four days ago in a trade or a guy who's been here. And they made the right choice there. But yeah, I don't have a problem with this because yes, as as a, a media member or a fan, I'm with both of you guys. It'd be fun to see Jaron Hall. But I don't know how you sell that when you brought this team back from basically the brink of death and now say, well, we're sort of taking a look because because Forno, you are a thousand percent right. And I feel like people don't get this. Front offices can tank you. Like if Mm -hmm. Ziggy Wilf went to Kevin O'Connell today and said, here's the deal. You're starting Jaron Hall. He'd be mad. He'd be upset. And he would start him. But the reality is that ends in the coach's office and the locker room. So if you tell them, hey, we want to win, they're going to make decisions that have almost nothing to do often with the following season so mm-hmm. i think you're exactly right but but i would just also urge that if, if we trust o'connell which i think at this point quarterback wise we do if we trust him he has watched these guys in practice a ton so like jaron hall there is a thing there there might be 10 things that he could rattle off about why it's not smart to start him that we wouldn't know from an observation of what approximately seven plays against the falcons so this is why i think you got to be cautious um, because I am Mr. Tank, like I would mm-hmm. tank right now. It's tougher, but I don't think that you can sell a tank at this point in time. You're in the sixth seed. I don't even think you could have sold a tank uh, after Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson went down because Agreed. that's not the motif of what this culture is. And Agreed. I completely agree. I, I talked about it on purple daily on draft. I thought the Vikings were going to end up picking Mullins because he's basically discount Kirk and how this offense runs. And I, I thought, said. I thought that's what they were going to do, yep. but I would have started Hall. And I think you bring up a really good point about the locker and you, you have this culture of you're going to try to win. We are going to win football games and that is our only goal. It does not matter what is put in front of us. If you're going to start Hall, you need to be able to have that conversation with a straight face and with conviction that Hall gives us the best chance to win. And I genuinely don't think that there is any evidence, which and this hurts me to say, because I love Jaron Hall. There is no evidence that says he is without a doubt the best option to put out there as a starting quarterback. You've seen what Dobbs can do. Basically, like for lack of a better term, and Hawkinson even confirmed it, playing street ball, just not fully grasping the offense, having plays talked into his uh headset like Madden. Like we're like nobody calls it curl flat. But that's what you call it on Madden because that's how you briefly describe the plays. And when you look at all these different factors, Dobbs was the guy. And I think you could make a case for Mullins because what Dobbs doesn't bring, Mullins does. And that is being able to throw rhythmic, 
with precision and good ball placement. Ball placement cost the Vikings a win on Sunday, or sorry, Monday night against the Chicago Bears. Yes, the turnovers were awful, but the defense stood up and only three points allowed off those turnovers. That's a big deal. If the ball was placed better on a few throws, the Vikings win that football game. And it like that's and with the bye week, you can go to these guys and be like, hey, we're going to make a change. We're going to do this, this and this. And we're going to use the bye week to make that transition. I think the guys would have been more accepting of that rather than just like a midweek. Hey, we're just going to start another guy because at least you have a plan. You have a a method to your madness. And I thought if you're going to make that change doing it during the bye made sense. I will also give O'Connell credit. He didn't try to ride this out. He came out Wednesday afternoon and said, Josh Jobs is our guy. We're going to start Josh Jobs on Sunday. And no cloud hanging over the head of the team. You're going to roll with Dobbs. And you know what? If he tanks on Sunday, we can continue to have this conversation um, after the game and on Monday, because then you can be like, okay, Dobbs, we gave you another chance. We gave you Justin Jefferson. We gave you two weeks to really get yourself into it. And you're not performing. We have to go a different direction. And I think that, you know, the team will have a more understanding rationale behind it. And they'll be more accepting of it because of how you handled it. O'Connell handled it very well throughout the process, at least from an optic standpoint, from our perspective, we don't know every, all the inner workings of the locker room. And we know the locker room is very, very different place. It's a very, it's a place with a lot of testosterone, a lot of passion and a, a lot of hard work. Like, we're not in there. So from our perspective, it looks like he handled it great. And we'll kind of see how things manifest throughout the rest of the year. But if Dobbs has struggles again on Sunday, we're going to continue to have this conversation. Forno, you briefly touched on it there, but what are things in this offense that you want to see Kevin O'Connell implement more now that we've had a bye week, now that we've had about 11, 12 games, and I know trying to figure out your quarterback makes uh, your playbook limited or or even expands it too, but are there elements of this offense that you haven't seen yet that maybe you're eager to see on Sunday or maybe the last just month of the season in general? The one thing that's really frustrating about this offense for me right now where are the yard after catch opportunities for these wide receivers? Why are we still running all these downfield like hooks and ins where you're not getting a lot of yard after catch potential. And especially with Dobbs who doesn't have the best ball placement, who's and the offense is just struggling and you have Jordan Addison as your wide receiver one, a role, which let's be honest, he's just not ready for it yet. And that's okay. He's a rookie. Like asking him to be the alpha, uh, you know, it's okay for him not to be ready, but he still played well. I wanted to see more opportunities. Like, and my friend JP Acosta of SB nations can hate me for saying this run mesh, get some shallow crossers, get some traffic and get a guy like Brandon Powell or Jordan S the ball in his hands. Let him go for five, 10, 15 yards after the catch and get some of those opportunities manufacture yards. And we just didn't see any of that. And I wish there was some adaptation to give those opportunities. And try to just manufacture yards down the field with short, easy throws in space. And that's something that has made Brock Purdy so good because Kyle Shanahan manufactures so much for him, making it easy. He drops back. He knows this is going to be open. He throws it. Debo Samuel goes 50 yards for a touchdown against the Eagles. Like I'm not asking for that. I'm just asking for give these guys chances with the ball in their hands because we have players who can make it happen. I wish that we added some more of that. And I I'm hoping that will be the case going forward. 
I feel, I feel like with uh, Justin coming back on Sunday that we will see that more now. I think and, – and Jordan had a bad night, as a lot of guys did, against the Bears. I feel like for the most part, in the first six games that Justin missed, Jordan played for his age and experience pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Bears game was just a train wreck. And, yeah. and, you know, from Dobbs' standpoint, Addison's standpoint. But I do think – what we should see on Sunday is exactly what you just talked about, Tyler, which is I think that we should see the, the, you know, quick hitters that have ability to gain yards. I think we've seen enough from Dobbs to know that, that he certainly is not going to throw the deep ball like Kirk can. Um, So that's probably not as much a part of the arsenal, but that doesn't mean that you can't move him as we've discussed before. And that doesn't mean that you can't uh, connect, short passes to Jefferson, which can be then turned into 15 yards to Hawkinson, which can be turned into Mm -hmm. 10 yards. So I, I, I am hoping that O'Connell who, who didn't take a vacation during the bye week and actually worked. I'm hoping that O'Connell sort of self-scouted himself, which I'm sure he did Mm -hmm. and realized, Hey, for the last five games or so, I'm going to have to do some things differently because it's going to sound weird to say, but in retrospect, and we sort of talked about this at the time, but it's become crystal clear. In retrospect, what was the blessing of the Falcons game was when Jaron Hall got hurt and Dobbs replaced him, they had to basically just fly by the seat of their pants. Mm-hmm. And and Dobbs excelled. He looked great. And mm-hmm. it felt like the more, and, and we've seen this from offensive minds before, the more familiar that they were feeling Dobbs grew with things, the more that they tried to put in what they, what they wanted to see as opposed to what would benefit Dobbs. My hope is that now from the bye week, they will have said, you know what, that didn't work. And not that it's going to be unscripted play after unscripted play, but, but it's going to be more of a, hey, what does Dobbs do well? And I think you hit it perfectly. Short passes, on the move, basically get a lot of yak it might not be through the air but at this point in time you also don't give a damn how you get those yards yeah and the one thing that i was really worried about with the whole dobbs thing is his first like i don't i think it was like five quarters of play were great where has it been ever since like the second they got film and they were able to adjust and adapt to what the vikings were doing they were able to stop it how much of that is going to change with Justin Jefferson? How much of that is going to change if they add a lot of this run action? And the the weird part about this season is, Judd, we're kind of playing with house money because Kirk's out. You're dealing without your starting quarterback. This is not 1990 where the Giants can go and win a Super Bowl, Jeff Hosteller. It just doesn't, you don't see that anymore. That same, Nick right. Foles did it, but that's more the anomaly. Like backup quarterbacks in today's day and age, are just not the same as they were in the nineties or the eighties where you can have a guy who you've been grooming for five plus years and is potentially a starter, but you have him behind another guy. Like we're it's, this is fun. Like let's have fun and let's enjoy it. And I, I want to be able to see more from Dobbs, but I need to see growth from that self scouting. I need to see them adding some other things in to try and counteract what you're seeing on film. And until then, I'm just not going to have confidence that they're going to be able to get it done. But the nice part is all they have to do is win and they're in the playoffs. And then once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. This is going to sound nuts because if I had told you any of this in training camp, you, you would have put me in an, in a home. But the reality is this, 
this is a now defensive first team that's going to have to score enough points to win games, but you're not going to win big, which the Vikings don't. And you're also not going to score. I don't think a ton of points, but like that bears game, that bears game actually for where the Vikings are right now, right? If the Vikings had played a competent game, it's ugly as hell, but guess what? Mm -hmm. We're not talking about it because they score 14 points. They score 12 points, whatever it is. And they win. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's the thing is we would have talked about that. We we would have gotten on the vent line show and probably on Monday and talked about, Ooh, is that an ugly game and blah, blah, blah. But guess what? If that's a win, you forget about it after that. Yep. So I really feel like these last five games are going to have to be driven by the fact that, that your quarterback does not make mistakes. Not that he makes a ton of great plays, but he does not make mistakes and that you can score enough points to, to win. But the reality is right now, this is Brian Flores' show, and we just need O'Connell's group to be good enough to to allow you to leave with a W. But if you're looking for style points, I got bad news for you. You should be done with this team because style points aren't what they are going to be after. They're down their quarterback. They're on a guy they acquired in a trade. So I think we really sort of need to change our thinking, too, um, and just accept the fact that you're going to have to be happy no matter how the win looks as long as it's a win. Absolutely. And hats off to Brian Flores for uh, the job that he's done with this defense. I made a bold prediction before the season that I think they'd finish either top 20 in yards allowed or points allowed. And right now, I think they're eight in points allowed nuts. so far. It's absolutely bonkers how good this unit has been. And if the Vikings were just able to hold on to the football, this team could easily have nine wins. And they have yeah. the lowest margin of defeat in the league at 3.8 points per game. <sighs> yeah that hurts that hurts real bad because oh, sure. it yeah. like luck has kind of flipped around on the vikings which is just wild to think but the offense can do enough and i don't think we're giving them enough grace the fact that they didn't have justin jefferson for however long they still don't have a running game and guys like jordan addison were having to step up and look brandon powell deserves playing time even with Jeff, justin jefferson back i don't know how you're going to get it to him but he has earned it on the field. He has been consistent. He has been good. He was this good in training camp and he's now doing it against like first team defenses. Like he's he's not a great. He's not going to be a guy that gives you 100 yards a game, but he's done enough to be able to get him some manufactured touches and let him do things with the football in his hands. I want to see more with Jefferson. I want to see how this is going to adapt and evolve. And once we do, we'll be able to come back here in 2 weeks and talk about going into that Christmas Eve game against the Detroit Lions, how it's going to actually manifest itself with a relatively healthy unit minus Kirk Cousins. Hey, man, man. T Tyler, great stuff. As always, check out Forno's work, vikingswire.com. You can also find my work there as well, but I'm telling you, it's updated constantly. Tyler does not sleep. He constantly updates that website. One-stop shopping for Vikings analysis news. If you want it from the Vikings, you will find it at vikingswire.com. Declan, tell the people what they need to know before we skedaddle. Yep, hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment. This is Purple Daily.